Okay, welcome to Punch Touch MMA. You press play because you love all things MMA. You've locked into the right spot, to the right place. Real talk from real fans. Your host, the professor, will guide you on a crazy ride of adventure through the world of MMA. Hello and welcome listeners to episode two of the MMA Punch Touch podcast. So we have two guests with ourselves today, including myself. We have Muscle Mike, aka Johnny Bravo, here with us today. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on again. No problem. We've got some good, interesting topics to discuss this week. And we also have a special guest this week who's come from the Punch Touch podcast, boxing element of it, and that is Farmer. Farmer, how are you doing? Oh, fabulous. Uh, fabulous, fabulous, Professor Muscle Mike. Pleasure to be with you guys and hope we have an interesting um, pod today. Yes, we've got lots to talk about. Probably a little bit more outside of just the simple mixed martial art combat side of things. We're going to talk about politics, which is always fun and probably some ongoing issues as well. Um, but for the listeners, obviously out there at the moment, uh, my name is Jay. I'll be hosting this podcast today. The discussion is obviously to begin with Sean Strickland versus Jack Comansom, two epic warriors who are leading, obviously, the most recent fight night card coming up this Saturday on UFC. Um, and then we're going to break down some other stuff that's going on in the background. So, first of all, guys, Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson. Not too nobody, should we say, not too downers and not too up-and-comers. Kind of sort of sat both there quite nice in the middle, ready to make or break it, I would have thought. What do you think that, Mike? Um, I like this fight. I like Sean Strickland. I mean, he's, he's a dog, isn't he? And he's got, he has got a very good record, to be fair. I think people um, not underestimate him, but he's definitely a dog, and I think he's relishing this new role that he's got of just going in there and taking people's souls, as he likes to call it. But overall, you know, he's he's twenty four and three. I think he is. Yeah, tw- yeah, twenty four yeah. and three. Uh, when was his last loss? His last loss was twenty eighteen, uh, where he he did uh, back and forth wins and losses against Ponzinibbio, and he actually fought Kamara Usman as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, since then, five-fight win streak against decent guys. You know, last Uriah Hall, I know that's a touchy subject for Farmer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a good fight. I think um, I like Strickland in this, but I do think Hermanson's uh, quite a tricky guy, especially when it comes to the sub. So uh, I think Sean needs to be wary of those, especially the leg lock game. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good brawl. It's interesting you touched on that leg lock game. It's obviously Jack Manson, obviously leg, leg, leg locked Gustafsson. Uh, they're not Gustafsson. Um, oh, why can't I think of his bloody name? What's it gone? Uh, no, he leg locked Gastelum. Gastelum, that's the one. Yeah. I was on the right lines, wasn't I? That'll do. <laughs> he leg locked Gastelum pretty quickly, which was interesting to say. Um, Farmer, what's your thoughts on this fight, this matchup? Do you know much about the, both the opponents we got here? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Strickland fan. Um, I listened to that famous pod, which you can't get natural on YouTube. You have to re-sign on to it, where he spoke about his life with um, Areo Hoani. 
that was MMA hour. That was really interesting to see the psyche of, of a, I'm not sure, is he a madman or is he playing the game? Is Tarzan playing the game? I'm not sure. Um, he comes across quite an articulate, caring guy, but sometimes when he gets the mic in his hand, he, he's like another um, Conor McGregor on, on coke and crack. So <laughs> he, he has this an amazing um, life, um, being an ex-neo-Nancy follower, um, putting a gun to his head, taking a gun off someone, putting it to their head, uh, thinking about killing people. He's openly said all these things. And, um, but he's meant to be a hard person to train. And since he's gone up from 170 to 185, his 185 record has been very impressive. So he's, he's, he's carried that weight. And he, he's, he's, you know, I've got to put his last fight against Ryan Hall. He, he, he worked right. He just, his output's incredible. Um, I am a Hermanson fan as well. I think he's not fulfilling his talents. Um, when he fought the Italian, um, oh, help me out. What's the Italian guy he fought? Um, Vittori. Vittori. You know, he was quite, he was manhandled, which did surprise me because he's meant to be a very good grappler. I, I, I'm going to go with what Mike said on this. It, 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 I, I'm going to say it's a 55 45 fight. I'm going to lean slightly to Hermanson on this if it comes to the ground. Um, but as as um, um, Muscle Mike said earlier on, he ha Strickland has game. He's a, a very a more sort of a more drawn to his his character than his fighting talents. But he is a good fighter. But as I said, at one eight five, I think he give anybody in the top ten a run for their money. Yeah, I can definitely yeah. see why that balance of fifty five forty five. Um, My biggest concern, concern is that. Sean wouldn't have made it this far without having to deal with other sort of like heavy style wrestlers, if that makes sense. And so it just makes me think that based on his, his sort of stand-up game, that that's where it's going to cause the problem for Jack. Um, but it, I don't know. It's always that, but how, how, how dominant is Jack Manson's ground game? Um, how is it going to go? Because the fight obviously most was Kamara Usman, obviously, versus Sean Strickland back in the day. But there was only one takedown involved. Um, so it wasn't as if Kamara Usman, obviously, manhandled man him the whole <clears> time. <throat> and I imagine he obviously would have tried to do it. But for whatever reason, it just didn't go that way. So, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I think personally, sorry to jump in, on, on his current streak of fights, he's not really fought any wrestlers. And mm. I think when you do fight a wrestler, he puts a lot of pressure on you. He puts like that Nick Nate Diaz type pressure on you, where you know, like he says himself, he's coming to take your soul, sort of thing. Mm. Um, so I think if I think Jack is probably a bit more versatile in the takedowns, but it's you know, can Sean do enough to stop them? And you know, Jack has, has faced a lot of good uh grapplers, a lot of he, he's fought the better guys recently, obviously. in you know, Edmund Shabazian and, and Vittori and Gastelum. And before that, you fought Kananir, Souza, Gerald Mirshat, uh, Talas he's, he's He's fought, you know, the who's who sort of thing. And he's and he's done well subbing a lot of them. So I think it is going to be that case of, like you say, can he get it to the ground against a guy like Strickland who puts so much pressure on you? 
Yeah, it's take Sean Strickland's takedown defense is at eighty three percent, which based on his record, it's not as if it's just a couple of fights for that number. So yeah, he makes you think that again. Has he got? Well, as they what was it? Barbosa's camp used to say it like he's a nightmare to take down, and then could be got in there and just wrangled him. Um, yeah, but they'll you you got to think they're going to be a lot of desperation shots, which are easy to stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're putting it on someone, you know, you know when they're getting desperate and when they're going to maybe shoot. Yeah, so, kind of like begging on the knees, just bobbing and weaving, trying to miss yeah, the punches they, they, they to grab a leg. And, and, and go for whatever they can. So, you know, I think it's very different um, a guy trying to take you down when he's on the back foot as opposed to timing a takedown like, say, GSP used to do mm. or uh, or wrestling offensively. Uh, like, interesting. Would. It's yeah. a throw one in there. I don't think he's actually lost at middleweight, though. Who, Ooh. Sean? Yeah, I, 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 no, I don't think yeah, he has. He's, he's, that, well he's, he's intrigued me because at one seventy, he obviously struggled away, but he's got he's got a seventeen. Is it seventeen win streak within the middleweight? Or am I wrong? This he's got a huge win streak within the middleweight. So it show. I don't know. He, well, you would have thought you would have thought Usman at welterweight. So I think he's only recently moved up. Yeah. So what's it? Seven then? Seven eight fights at welter uh, middleweight. I'm just having a look through now, just quickly. Uh... I, I, I'm just putting out because I know that he lost his losses are uh, was uh, the weight below, but since he's gone to middleweight, he, he's um and don't forget he had that accident, didn't he? He was out for a while, he had a car accident, didn't he? He did. Or, he did have a high a two year hiatus, didn't he? Hiatus, didn't he? And since he's come back to middleweight, he looks very impressive. Um, yeah, he's fought well. He's fought a middleweight a few times. Yeah, so so far middleweight, which he did last time he was doing it before he went up to welter was back in 2014. And as time progressed on, he moves away from welter. Um, it actually, hasn't yeah. From, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've read that he's not actually lost that middleweight. So um, I, I'm 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 definitely intrigued this weekend, gents, to see how he gets on, and I will give it a, a full appraisal after this weekend because part of me want to big him up, but he's not... Hermanson's the gatekeeper into the top 10, so to speak, mm. and I'll be very intrigued how he gets on against him because if he does what some of us think he might do and gets through, um, I'm going to put it out after the weekend. He's going to be a big problem for the, anyone in the middleweights because his style... He, he takes blows as well as gives it. He always puts your hands on you, and he's got a very good resistance. Yeah, very good yeah. Resistance. So he, 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 you know, he's. He, I'm not saying he's concussive type fighter, but he's a he, he, he puts a lot on you. So I'm I'm intrigued this weekend, um, Mike, to see how he gets on, and I'll I can give a better assessment. But I feel if he gets through Manson and fairly comfortable, remember, mine, he, he's he's a. He's, he's a main main event guy, I suppose, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that will springboard him right into the into the top echelon. But that's why I don't have much confidence. I mean, at the minute, he's doing well with that style of, like you said, you, you'll go through a punch to give a punch. But against someone like Adesanya, who's a clinical counter-striker, mm. I don't think that'll serve him too well. But, you know, he, he's, he's working for him so far. So, yeah, why not? Well, another sort of side note, I just realised there's a guy locally who uh, Mike's actually done some grappling stuff with. Jack and Manson's actually beaten Bradley Scott. I didn't realise. Yeah. <laughs> Back in yeah. 2017. Um, 
That was interesting. Yeah, I think it, I think to summarize, guys, I think with this particular fight, it's going to be like a coming out party. Um, mm. It's going to just catapult them up enough places, I think, within the division for them to be a new sort of contender, obviously, to discuss it. Hey, if Sean Strickland becomes the new, I don't know, Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz, whatever you want to label it as it's sort of, I'm just going to keep on coming down, hunting your soul through type stuff, then hey, that's his style. We've seen them obviously get quite far with it. But I think they always get, uh, they always reach the ceiling when they get to a, to a level with some of these athletes who have that mentality, but then also have the coaching and the teams to sharpen those abilities up a bit more so that then they have that going forward is like another level up as they say um yeah so we shall see um so just to f- cap off that one farmer prediction who's going to win you got to go with one of them oh i'm going to change my line i'll go strickland strickland go str- yeah cool mike what you got strickland strickland i think that's gonna be a full house of strickland then so let's hope hype with some of the stuff that he's doing there um but anyway gents we're going to firmly move on to probably which is going to be a bit more of a debate hot topic with stuff which is obviously the ufc politics that have been going on recently um i know there's a a brewing discussion which me and farmer have been ongoing for quite some time and i think we dragged mike into it a few times as well (laughs) um and it's just this understanding of views of how the ufc is run um how Dana runs the whole thing and likewise obviously fighters rights and obviously Jake Paul in the mix so Farmer do you have any points you want to start off with or do you want me to just give you the topic to just carry on from um, I'm going to throw something out there gents go for it right you and Mike are fighting Here, I'm going to give you the role and scenario and you close your eyes and try to digest this you and Mike are fighting for a heavyweight or middleweight whatever weight you guys say say light heavyweight Okay, world championship of the world. Remember, you're in a premier um, fighting organization. You're just about getting prepped to go out to one of the biggest fights in heavyweight division or light heavyweight between um, the professor and Muscle Mike. Muscle Mike is the champion, and, and um, Professor, you're the intro. Before you go out to fight for this, Enrico, me, gives you a subpoena or writ two days before you go. To, uh, uh, to fight for a world title. What organization is that? What type of organization does that? Right, gives you a writ, a law writ, before you go to fight for a world title. What type of organization is that? A writ for what? Yeah, that's my first question. Right. Uh, well, a writ for, for the contract, um, um, Francis Ngannou, was was um was was in what you want to get out you don't do that you do that after or way before the line not on the eve of having a world title fight but isn't isn't a writ like demanding something so what was yes, it is a demand so they were demanding that he stays in his contract yeah. or it, it was, it was i don't know what for but all i know he was given a subpoena or a, a writ um uh, to, to appear in court after the uh, after the after his world title fight See, I, I but regardless want... of that, but you just it's not a good practice to be given something before you're going into a fight for that organization. You either either do it way before or after. So yeah. the, the only plus side of it, if if Cyril Garn had won, it'd have been easier. Remember, he didn't Dana White didn't go into the ring and present his belt, he didn't come after to the to the to the um post. So mm. what is that telling a fighter? There's, well, I, I'm going to take my view on this, right? So, 
Is that? Do you think that's good work in practice? What's, okay, but what is the job of a journalist? Yeah, a job of a journalist is to try and get the, the the attention of the viewers, the readers, right? So it kind of still stems back to the question of what Mike said, because and I appreciate you don't know this, Reeks, obviously, so it's not the end of the world, Farmer, but it sounds bad on the outset. Yeah, it's obviously probably the worst thing to do a couple of days before a fight, what have you. I get that. But for all we know, that subpoena could be something so minuscule that all that simply happened is a journalist has caught wind of it and it's for, I don't know, a parking ticket Francis got the other day. Yeah. But to the public, they go, oh, he got subpoenaed by the UFC because of this. Or he may not have paid his gym membership to the, to, to the facility. Yeah. It could be something as small as that. And then it's getting blown out of proportion, out of context as to what it is. Um, in terms of the belt stuff, apparently, again, it comes from Dana. So I don't know who true that is or not. He was saying, obviously, he had, he had something else to attend to. Um, but again, from my perspective, I think it's just unprofessional. If you're the face of the company, should we say, you should be there regardless and someone else in the team should be managing the problem out back if that need be the case. But um, do you see what I mean by that, Farmer and Mike? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do. And, 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 if, and all due respect, gents, if that was um, you doing it, I would say, okay. But this, these are malpractices right way through in the last X amount of years from that same man, Dana White. So I don't believe anything he says. I don't think anyone does. Right. Let's be honest, it's one of the biggest fights in history. Not you're not there to present the belt. You're not there at the post conference. Uh, uh, the press conference. Come on. Devil's avocado, though. I got to say that there's only been one time in history where he's not done it, and that was against Anderson Silva and Damian Meyer. Now, he has done it for guys that he's publicly despised, like Tyron Woodley. Yeah. And, and, and other guys that he's had public beef with, that he's, out of his own mouth, been happy to say to journalists, this guy's being a dick, blah, 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 blah. He didn't have any of that with Francis. Like, business is business, and, and, and that would be my view on it. So I think from a personal standpoint, if he didn't have any issues with him, in terms, apart from contract negotiations, which, let's face it, being the head of that organisation, you are always going to have contract negotiation disputes things like that, given the way that the market is going. Ever since like Connor blew up the whole you know, I'm getting paid 20 million a fight sort of thing. Mm. So it, it, it would beg me to ask the question well, what what was it that, that needed sorting out, you know, and things like that, because yeah. it's not normal behaviour for him, especially when pre-fight, you know, the weigh-ins and everything else, he was there, the pre-fight press conference, he was there, he shook his hand, he was civil all that type of thing so i think an aspect of it has to be put down to you know chinese whispers and you know schoolyard gossip but mm. it's, it's hard to give a verdict when you don't know all the facts but i think at the same time you know it's a case of i would say in his mind fighters come and go but his business and and, and everything else has been the constant so you know can you you know, separate the business and the friendship. You know, he, he kind of asked to, didn't he? Yeah, and he has done before. Like, that's that is your point is right with the fact that he's publicly said, I don't like the guy, but he's doing bit. He's yeah, countless times. Um, likewise, you wouldn't would he be working with Connor after Connor slated him and like thrown trolleys and all that sort of stuff? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, but exactly, yeah, but that's my point. So, when you know, Connor like leaked the, the messages and stuff like that. Dana's smart enough to understand, and this kind of ties in with the Jake Paul thing, is that mm. 
business is business and money is money. So, you know, there's no feelings in, you know, you approach it from a business mind, mindset. So, you know, do, does he particularly care that Francis has come out and said, you know, X, Y, and Z? Probably not. He's heard it all before. It's a good old phrase, isn't it? Any publicity, good or bad, is publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Which again ties into the Jake Paul side of the conversation. <laughs> the ultimate marketer, in my opinion. He just knows well, they how both, to play they the both are. They yeah. both are. They're, they're, but I, w- I would not be surprised if they both chat behind the scenes and are like, right, we're going to blow this thing up. It's good for you. It's good for me. I get your boxing and YouTube audience. Have a look at the UFC and who's this Dana White. And then vice versa, you get the publicity for attacking the UFC and everything else. It's interesting you say yeah. that, actually. Go on, Farmer, you check in. So I've just been checking in loads of stuff. There's one thing I wanted to mention about YouTubers actually collaborating years down the line, oddly enough. But um, what are your thoughts there, Farmer? Well, I'm, I hear what you guys have to say. And, 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 and perhaps I'm, I'm probably a simple thinker. I work, on my, I work on figures. I mean, the great Jack Willis. You've heard of him, haven't we? Great Jack Willis, heavyweight fighter. Yeah, UFC. You've heard of him, haven't we? Right, exactly. Right, Jack Willis fought Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt received 950,000 for that fight, not for a world title belt. Right, and basically, we all know Mark Hunt, he's quite well known in in, in the the UFC fraternity. Yeah, Yeah. he received 950 for that fight. And a world champion, Francis Oganos, is um, received 500,000 pounds. Sorry, dollars. There's a massive. Discrepancy in in monetary, isn't there? Well, no, because he didn't receive five hundred thousand dollars. No, for that he fight. didn't. He didn't. If 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 you look at, if you look at. I'm here to be educated. I'm happy to be educated. Okay, so right, so this is how it works, right? Most guys, we'll take Connor for example. He's he's an easy one, or Khabib. Mo, all champions, right, get a flat line of usually half a million dollars. John Jones is the same. Most of the, the the sort of established champions will get that. Maybe not first-time title defenders, but established champions will get that. Now, that's what they call the front end of the money. And it's like, uh, it's similar to, like, say, uh, a financial industry, where most of your money as a champion, just like a broker, doesn't come from your base salary. It comes off the back end. Now, the back end is the pay-per-view sales. So, for every... Whatever's in Francis's deal, it could be $5 a buy or $2 a buy or whatever it is. Right? Say, we'll call it $5 a buy. So, for every person who buys that pay-per-view, Francis will get $5 as part of his deal. Right? So, say a million people buy it. He will then get Five million dollars on the back end of the deal, not the front end, the back end. Right. So you can't you can't accurately trust, and this is where the whole debate about um, and and Dana makes a very very good point in the sense that no fighter is is told or or has come out and ever said that they can't talk about financials. They can, but they choose not to because they don't want you to know how much they're earning. Right. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz was was a the second fight. That was not a title fight. That was just a, a one-off contract fight where Nate Diaz got two million dollars or one point five million dollars base salary 
Mm-hmm. Connor got three million base salary, but Conor McGregor didn't make three million dollars a fight, did he? No. Yeah. No. He 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 made in his estimate forty million or you know eighty million for the Khabib fight or whatever it was. So it's difficult. Topics like this are very difficult to fairly judge because. Okay, okay, Mike, and uh, uh, okay, uh, Mike, uh, Professor, uh, that's granted. So, therefore, I've been led to believe because why would John Jones and various other fighters who are in the know, let's be honest, they're in the know today, why would they tweet and laugh at what the money they got received? And why would Francis then now dispute with Randy Couture? Randy Couture is in the mix now, and and, and Mark Hunt's. Uh, what's his name? The Mexican guy who Dana actually hates. Can't remember his name. Um, light heavyweight. Sorry, people. I'm not very good at the names today. Um, light heavyweight Mexican. Yeah, Mexican. Not yeah, the him, Jorge Rivera guy. No, no. Him and Dana hate each other with a passion. Oh, Oscar De La Hoya. No, no, no. In in the UFC, he, he's a UFC. He was actually UFC fighter. He fought um, um, Randy Couture. And he's for oh god, he's well. Him and Dana absolutely despise each other. Dana's a trainer to fight him one time. Anyway, no, that's Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz. That's it. Well done. Well, yeah, he's not Mexican. Hey, eh? <laughs> he's not Mexican. He's a he's blonde a, American. A, a Mexican American. Then he he, play, he carries a flag and he says he's a Mexican. But anyway, okay, but Amer- American Mexican. Yeah, but these um. Um, players in the game are, are tweeting and, and laughing and cajoling and, and saying how the UFC's done this and that. So I'm being led yeah. by these personalities. Yeah, yeah, and for two reasons. Number one, Randy and Tito, different strokes for different folks. It was a different time back then. The the, the business model and the state of the UFC was nowhere near the how how popular it is now. They didn't have the big TV deals that they do now. They didn't have the traction that they do now. Free so sponsorship as well. Yeah, so they're not really in a position to comment. And secondly, John Jones, I don't know why he would laugh, because John Jones on the front end gets $500,000 with no win bonus. So until Francis comes out and says, this is what I actually made for that fight, or my last however many fights. And I got, I, I got to say, I, don't, I, I personally don't believe Francis is in the position to to make the most demands on the planet. Because, yes, he's the heavyweight champ of the world, but that was his first title defence. Was it his first or second? Yes, I think so. It was his first defence since beating Stipe. Yeah, it right? is. Stipe was the winningest heavyweight champion of all time. That's correct. And I never heard anything come out of his mouth for that. Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind with this. So, oh, Stipe they... always had a lot of moans about the UFC. Stipe did. Yeah, he did. But there was other did issues he? going on in the background with him still being part of the fire service. And oh, like, yeah. It, it's the same thing with Donald had the same problem with the UFC with him yeah. like traveling on his bike and this sort of stuff. And the UFC used to pull their hair out about it. But... But, the, but, the main, but the main point being is that if you want a fair argument and people to critique it fairly, then both parties need to be transparent. So yeah. Francis needs to say exactly how much he got total for the last fight you mm. know john jones has said it connor said it because john jones said he wants 50 million instead of 30 million to fight it was francis i believe or whoever it was yeah. you know so in dana's mind he's like well you know i my organization puts on i don't know call it 70 fights a year 
We've got 500-odd members on the roster, and you want 50 million. It's a different model to boxing. It's not like Mayweather. It is this gigantic built-up event once a year. Well, that probably where... once every three, five. <laughs> yeah, but you, you see the point. So once every year or two, you've got these big markets like Deontay Wilder and, and Mayweather and all these guys where the builder, the sponsorship is huge, you know, and then the payout is huge as well. You know, it's not it's not like that as such where, you know, he's got a shit ton of fighters on the roster and, you know, it go, it kind of goes back to the, the Jake Paul thing, um, giving that female fighter 10 grand or whatever it was. And it was like, well, yes, you might get paid 12 grand a fight to show, but you win, you get 25, and that three times a year is 75. Now, in fairness, nobody knows who the fuck you are, love. They don't. They don't. You don't put bums in this... seats. You don't move the needle. Yeah. You don't do enough to justify that pay pack. Whereas mm. Connor, who gets 80 million a fight, justifies that. Do you want my so, argument do... with this? It's exactly the same, Mike. I say about how <clears throat> you can't complain about the all-inclusive holiday, yeah, <laughs> and like you, let's say you want a discount on it, saying you're some sort of influencer, yeah, yeah. and then them going, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you can't you be like, well, why am I not getting more discount, or why am I not yeah. getting more to it? And yeah. my argument point with it being all inclusive is that, again, you look at other organisations. The UFC will do all the filming, they'll do all the editing, they'll do all the billboards, they'll do all the posters, they'll give you the training facilities, they'll give you so much with this. I.e., the all inclusive. I'm not saying you're not going to be able to jump up in terms of pay packet by if you went to Bellator or somewhere else like one for example but they're going to include things which you just wouldn't even consider and so they're no. going to help you with that one thing i did want to mention about francis's pay packet which could be another hot topic he requested for part of it to be or 50 percent of it be bitcoin bitcoin's dropped out the fucking industry recently it's dropping like like no man's business at yes, the moment yeah. so is he then going to be speaking to the relevant journalist saying I've got underpaid about this so about the fact that he's now losing money since he's got that pay packet less seven well, seven days ago or so yeah but if, if you want to get paid in shares and stocks then that's your fault if the price if the market price yeah. drops so that's what yeah. I mean is he then bitter because of it and going bugger I should just start with the no, dollar for whatever reason the way the way I see it is every single person who is now a megastar like the corners the things they have worked their way up with their mouth and with their fists right so he's done the talking to get the traction. Look at Sean Strickland, good example. Yeah, Sean Strickland now, he hasn't really fought that many big guys, but because he's used his, Colby Covington as well, because they've used their mouth to gain traction, gain attention, gain controversy, yeah. right? Ooh, people want to watch them because they're, they're the asshole who's saying this and that. And Sean Strickland said he masturbated after he thought about killing someone. And, you know, all that type of weird shit, which people are interested in, because it is, you know, it's fighting's a freak show, isn't it? Like people like to to, to support. Yeah, I just follow. think of our MMA group chat, mate. When you just said that, well, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's the same thing. But Connor, when when Connor fought Marcus Brimage in in Sweden for the first time, he was a nobody. He was getting paid nothing, you know. Yeah. But you you put the work in to get that mega stardom, and they give you the platform, you know. And and yes. Life may not seem fair because Dana's rich, but the way I kind of see it is Dana went through the shit 20 years ago to get to where he is, and he's worked his ass off to get to where he is. So they might they might not pay out the same, 
but mm. you are not forced to fight for the UFC. No one's got a gun to your head saying, fight for the UFC. No one. You say that, Mike. Now, okay. But I'm, 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 I'm going to be on a federal law here. Why is there an Ali Act implemented? Why, why the Shannon for the Ali Act? What's the Ali Act? The Ali Act is about protecting the fighters, the well-being, ah, the welfare. Right. And stop stop exploitation. You know, I, these are these are heavily spoken about in the corridors, haven't they? Aren't they? Yeah. You know, so there, there must be some disparity somewhere. When when you get one championship CEO coming and saying, I know I'm not stupid, you know, he's probably there to 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 filter his own needs, but he's also the CEO of one that said that the UFC, their model is their exploitation. I mean, and, again, and it's not just that. Like, sorry to cut you off, Mike. Is 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 now? two, three years ago, we never. The only time I heard this was when Randy Couture, about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when he spoke up, and everybody threw him under the bus. To be honest, the fighters, because no one yeah. supported him at the time. But what he was saying, Randy Couture did such a good job, made job easy for the um for the um UFC. Because what Randy Couture said, they made all the amendments on the back of it. So Randy Couture was was a great pioneer, and he give GSP he was also and who's the the Mexican American um, um, Velasquez. They also spoke about there must be some sort of welfare. So hence the reason the Ali Act was was introduced because the exploitation in the UFC is, is worse than what it is in boxing. Yeah, but the, trouble is, but the trouble is, you're, you are essentially a, a private contractor, aren't you? As a fighter, as a prize fighter, you're a private contractor. Now, it's di- again, it kind of goes back to the difficulty of transparency. So a nice, a nice example to use is Jack Shaw, right? So Jack Shaw um, tore his, uh, his shoulder or his bicep or whatever in his last fight. Mm-hmm. Now, I know for a fact he's publicly come out and said that the UFC sent him to the best um, CT guy, the best sort of people, and they sorted him right out. Now, Jack isn't a big name. He's a very low-level, low-to-mid-level fighter. I, I think everyone can agree on that. And mm-hmm. I, think his pay, I think his pay reflects that. So I, I think, to some degree, I have to call a bit of, are you being a bit of a diva, some people, in the sense that, you know, you want everything, which I get you want everything. I, you know, you want the benefits of health insurance and sick pay and annual leave like the rest of you do. But like the working man, if you decide to take a zero-hour contract job, like myself in security, there's a lot of that, they don't get sick pay, they don't get this, they don't get that. But ultimately, I do believe that's their choice. And I think a lot of people who've decided to go free agency, like, you know, recently Mike Perry or Benson Henderson or whoever, and they've decided, you know what, the UFC isn't for me, I'm going to go elsewhere. They've got the freedom to do that, but they just have to honour the contract that they're in. Mm. Now, on the flip side, from the UFC's point of view, if, if, if you guys remember the John Jones argument where he was like, I want $50 million to fight Francis or whoever it was, mm. and Dana White came out and said, hang on, you literally just renegotiated your contract one fight ago. You've still got four fights left on that deal, which is a contract that you have willingly signed up to. Yeah. Why, sh- why should I now give you $50 million? It's interesting you touched on that point of contract because I, well, it's a couple of stories. One from Eddie Hearn when he was talking about, oh, I think it was either one of his books or one of his podcasts, and he said that a 
clause was put in for Andy Ruiz. So if they wanted the rematch, and let's say Joshua lost the first fight, an instant yeah. rematch would be happened. They said, we all the pay that we're going to be giving you for this fight for stepping in, yeah, on the yeah. and we'll give you a rematch. And then came to it, Ruiz has camped around and said, yeah, about that, we want more. And I have a feeling, yeah. right, when you look at some of these contracts, I imagine they're not, when you're up and coming, let's take Cyril, for example, very few fights in this EFC to where he's got to, right? Mm. His original contract, which is probably about four or five fights would have been, wouldn't have ever discussed pay-per-view buys in it, I imagine. No. Or it would been very low percentage. No, but when they, when they win a title, they get an instant contract renegotiation. I know yeah. that for a fact. They've come out and said that before. But that when you win a title, you get to renegotiate your contract straight away. And I think that's where all of a sudden, like no contract negotiation ever goes swimmingly. And I think that's where the journalists then over-publicize it, saying, well, the UFC aren't paying enough or they're not doing this. And I think this is where... If, I don't know, Nganu had his new contract, I don't know, and had still four more fights on it, you wouldn't be hearing about it. Or he's but doing... again, again, it goes back to the fact of it's a different model to boxing. You yeah. have to be a megastar to earn the multi-millions and millions and millions, Yeah, which everyone would, would want to earn. But that's, you know, if you're in a job where, you know, you're a top 10 guy and you're earning 100 grand a fight and you, you know, you're earning $300,000 a year, Mm. people go oh that's not that's not fair you should be earning this it's like well dude like they can't pay absolutely everyone 50 million dollars a fight can they no like you're only going to get out of it what what you bring to the table and unfortunately that's that's the model of fighting it's the same with with boston i'd imagine I, get, I see that point we say, Mike, and, I, and I'm, to be honest, I agree with 90% what you're saying. But there is a model around the world in all sports. A lot yeah. of sports, uh, they generally work on 40 to 50% of revenue goes back to the players. The, yeah. the UFC is 15%. Yeah. 15%. So there's a massive disparity compared to anything else. Yeah. But there's, there's, a, there's a window of 30 odd percent, 30 odd percent missing. Yeah, but you've got to remember the UFC is owned by a big, big, big conglomerate company. Yeah, but aren't other aren't 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 other um sporting um I don't know parties. I don't know. In terms of like the NFL, I think the NFL is is in itself a giant company. Yeah, it is. And you would have to, you would you would have you, to look into I'm that. I'm pretty but, sure it's franchise based as well. I think you but, could literally if you had enough money get your own team. <laughs> yeah. So it's so I think even though the split is different, there it's not like the UFC. You know, I, I understand what you're saying though, in in the sense of the UFC brings in a billion and they only pay out 115 million or 15 million or whatever. I get that, um, but again, I, I I just think it's very hard to comment on unless you know the ins and outs of everything. I think you know, I'd be really intrigued to understand is if we were able. Oh, to sorry, get... uh, sorry, this is a really important point. Probably, uh, Right, aren't the fighters a commodity? We're forgetting about the fighters and the players. They yeah. are the commodity. Without them, we wouldn't have it, would we? So no. this is where I, I really find it difficult, some of this debate, because less the, the end of the game is okay, the big men are putting the money out. Thank you very much for doing that. But the big thing is we the commodities, the Messies, the, 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 the Ronaldos, they are the commodities which bring in, puts me and you, our, our eyes on the TV, the Usain Bolts, we can go on and on for a while. They're yeah. the commodities. So why are you... I just find it really distasteful 
and, I, and a lot of the stuff you said I probably didn't know. I put my hand up. But when everybody else is in the world is doing 45 at worst, and the USA runs at 15, the odd year at 18, there's a huge difference of the pay. That just shows that model. Yeah. yeah. Like in reflection, it doesn't, does it include all the extras of that whole all inclusive holiday model I discussed? Do you see what I mean? Like, and I think what, what I think one of the big things with that as well, Farmer, is like say the NFL, for example, your Tom Brady's who were earning fuck me, how much how much was Tom Brady being in like three hundred million a year or something daft like that? <laughs> yep, that is every single year. So the the disparity between say his pay and a rookie, what what do they call it, draftsman or something oh, yeah. being drafted. A rookie in that who say earns a hundred grand a year or however it is, but again the sponsorship model and everything else is different. So I think where whereas everyone wants to be the corner who's earning eighty million a fight and Connor fights once a year if that say at best he fights once a year, that's eighty million to their star star guy. Now Tom Brady is a national fucking guy who's everyone loves American football in America, don't they? And He's on three hundred million a year, or however much he's on. Sounds like every Welshman does rugby, is that right? <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, their draftsmen are like their the UFC's first time fighters, earning twelve grand to show, twelve grand to win. You know, there there is always going to be that massive gap, and everyone is always going to want more. And likewise, it's not as if they're not getting paid for performance of the nights and stuff like this. Yeah, you put on a show, you get rewarded for it. And I think, yeah. don't get me wrong, I appreciate we're talking about commodities as humans here, and I think we're all in this healthcare. It's a tricky situation because they're taking on fighters from across the world, and obviously, all right, we're, we're privileged being based in the UK, we have a healthcare system, but the fact yeah. that even then, the UFC didn't turn down around to Jack Shaw, as you sort of mentioned, and said, yeah, go to the NHS and go and get it sorted. They said, yeah. okay, we'll go and speak to the relevant people. And they've got so much in-house stuff now, which again, part of that all-inclusive model, I think gets forgotten about. It's one of these details. I think what would be really interesting to see, which I was going to say, was the build-up that they had for the first Aldo fight with Connor, because it was about two years that happened over, wasn't it? Yeah. And that would be a great representative to see how much money got generated revenue-wise in comparison to, say, a boxing match. Do you see what I mean? On top, no, it's a Floyd Mayweather level, but of a similar sort of caliber, which I think would be interesting. Uh, um, uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to probably labour the point. I, I close my eyes and think. Um, we got what's the name Kinnear in the in the in the, in the, um, in the Jared Kinnear, yeah, Kinnear, right? He's been in the game a good decade. If a football player from the Premiership or even Division One was on ten years, they'll have a decent salary. Same in basketball. Same within cricket, right? When you get a man who's fight the last fight, said he had to fight because he's broke. That that. That's alarm bells to me. But there's NFL and NHL. Bear in mind, this this man has been in the top five. Broke because why, though? Poor investments. Bad bad management. No, the payment's poor because he was the one who highlighted when he went on his stream to see how much was paid, what had to pay out, and the injuries and things like that. As I said, the alley had to be very good in UFC. But when you've been in the game nearly 10 years and and there's no, the, the money's not coming, you've got to pay this out, that out. It, it, it bothers me. It does but bother me. Reeks, have we so, not seen all the stories of like NFL and NHL stars who are like living on the street homeless when they used to be playing professional sport? 
And that's not down to the fault of the NBA or the NHL or the NFL. That's down to poor money management. And if you've been so, in the game 10... But Farmer, well, Farmer we'll, ju- we'll, just, we'll just use Kanani as a, as a quick example, right? Mm-hmm. His last fight against Kelvin Gastelum, he earned $191,000. Yeah. Right? If you got given $191,000 for 15 minutes of work, would you claim being broke? But... Right, one hundred ninety-one thousand. No, no, hear you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got the tax. The tax. The X amount goes to this. Because we yeah. we had a discussion on this, didn't we, um, Professor? Yeah. And it was quite. You were surprised how much went out, didn't? Weren't you? Remember yeah, right? I, I get right? It. it. It was yeah. over fifty. It was sixty-five percent came out of his pocket before he seen it. Yeah, sixty-five percent. Right. That's probably his biggest yeah. payday he's, he's had in the UFC. Uh, and he, then, then he's got that's, that's got to pay for another pay. That's got to pay for another training camp. Is that? Uh, uh, it sound. I don't think it's enough. I know. I know. I get what you're saying, but in the same respect, I I could turn around to people and go, okay, I get I get four grand a month from my job. My car is this much. My rent is. It's not enough. What am I gonna do? You know, I I can't I can't go. Oh, I'm broke because then the matey boy who's in and off that is like, well, what about me? Yeah, but I'm broke. but you're not a price fighter though. Um, you're not but a price you, fighter. They, These are price fighters. Ah, this is a price again, fighter, isn't it? Again, so therefore that, that, that commodity model difference. Model difference. Prize fighting is prize fighting, like boxing prize fighting. You're going to earn that kind of cash if you want to be in a, in an organization which which employs 600 fighters. You know. The price, the price money for that is going to be significantly less. Also, to put this into perspective, over the last seven years, for so 2015 when he first joined, he's only four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven, eleven fights in total over seven years. Yeah, and yeah. he's won, and he's won three performance of the night bonuses. Yeah. Which is an extra if he's, he's not. He, in, I'm pretty sure he's not made weight or cancer fights due to injuries and stuff like this. No. And like it's it, it things into perspective that again, yes, it's not necessarily the shittest deal in the world. It doesn't necessarily work always in their favor. But I think there's more things behind the scenes that we're just not aware of. Yeah, I submit. And then, and then... I submit. I submit. I do not like Dana White. So. <laughs> So, again, being devil's advocate here, yeah. if I wanted to earn an extra 100 quid a month for more petrol or whatever it is, I'm like, okay, okay right, what can, I do? What, can I, what can I do for an extra 100 quid a month? Oh, I know, I'll go and wash a couple of cars or something like that. These guys who are marquee names in the UFC, we'll use Jared Cannonier as an example, right? He could do a seminar once a week for an extra five grand a week. Yeah, if he wanted to, easily, right? So he can. Are, are they, are, is he allowed to in his contracts? Yeah, of course they are. Okay. Of course they yeah. are. From from Bristol, uh, Nad Naramani used to do them. Bradley Scott used to do them. You know, it's it's the the will to go out and and use what tools you've got because you got to remember a lot of these guys want to be in the UFC because they can call themselves a UFC fighter. And open up gyms and do seminars and and stuff like that, especially in the states. So if you get your manager say, right, I I need some extra cash. I want to do this, an extra twenty grand a month. You know, that's an extra two hundred grand a year, mm. or two hundred and fifty grand a year. 
But yeah. it's, it's again, it's if you want the nice Lambos and the nice house and everything else as a prize fighter, you got to go out and put in what work you need to work. put in. You can't. Yeah, always but you say, can do that. You can do that as as a normal. I mean, I'm an ex fighter. Of course you can. Of course you can. Yeah, but, of course you can. Everyone as, has as a prize fighting, and when you get an organisation worth nine billion pounds, and they do less yeah. than fifty percent of it, it's 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 hard to digest. But as you broke down that fighters' pay reeks, this is where I, like I said my argument with the UFC being that all inclusive, yeah, holiday. Where does all the other payments go to it? And unfortunately, we don't ever get told that. Right. I so this hate... is this is the thing. That's the thing, Jay. Carry on. But I'll, yeah, I'll try. I'd hate to break down the figures of having the venue put obviously up, obviously the UFC stage, traveling obviously to the area, getting all the safety permits put in place, the rigging, the lighting, the filming, the the the, the network deals, obviously how much the pay per view is going up, obviously all these extra details, and then so yes, okay, fifteen percent of it is the fighter pay, but it's all the extra details that are coming with it. Yeah. And that's yeah, so farmer, yeah, farmer, a bit of homework, right? Say fifteen percent of the revenue is fighter pay. What percentage of the revenue is auxiliary costs for staffing, venues, legal, um, everything that Jay just oh, mentioned? Me, legal, that'd be a nightmare. Imagine that. Uh, 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 I'm oh, just going, their uh, legal bills would be giant. Yeah, but I'm just going off the problem model. They get fifty percent back, so they can come out there fifty percent. So long as it, yeah, know, but I, that's I'm, that's fifty percent of the income. But what what amount of the income is? Because I would I would hazard a guess. It'd be a quite, it'd be a large bill. The, it'd be a large bill. That the the other employees, like say the headquarters, the PI, mm-hmm. the rent, the building rents, the venue lighting, everything that Jay said, you know, the lawyer fees, everything else. I would bet that that is equal or more than the percentage that the fighters are getting as well. I I would say that their overheads are ginormous. Yeah. It's not as if this is done, like I said, in just like I don't know what a, a single cage in a, in a warehouse with no viewers there and just TV cameras. And then again, there. and again, moving on from that, say fifty, say they bank fifty percent, so their profit margin is fifty percent. Then they pay tax, then they pay all the shit that they got to pay, like pensions and everything else. Then they got their shareholders who get who get dividends at the end of every year. How much do you think that? You know, actually goes back to the shareholders every year. It's 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 a very deep rabbit hole, I think. Yeah, yeah. And like I, I said, don't I think, think it's we're as all... straightforward as the media would say. Like, oh, yeah, the media go, no, it's just fifteen percent. That's the purpose of the media. And the, do you know what the other thing as well? Like, how many people in this world, let's say, publicize, let's say, their actual salary, or do we all inflate it? Yeah, do we inflate our like our PBs? Yeah, there's. I'm just saying, oh, I made X amount. How much did he actually make just from the fight? Not from the sponsorship, not from the media coverage, just, just from that fight alone. You'll never know that number. Like, that's the thing. They'll always inflate it. Yeah, okay. But it's, it's an interesting I, I discussion. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very deep, dark hole, which not everyone knows all the facts. And I think, like, you should approach... Unless you know all of the facts, it's very hard to give a definitive answer on anything. And unfortunately, that they're 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 a, a limited company, so they don't have to divulge all the financial details. Uh, yeah, again, I'm big. I'm big enough enough to set turn on on the, on this on on you know on this pod, and said so I haven't. Um, I've been probably swallowed emotionally through the various ex fighters, and I've listened to some of 
some of the debates what they put across, and you're thinking, come on, really? Is that much you're earning? Uh, and yeah. it's like a and there's too many of them have come forward to doing that. If there was one or two in football, we know the fans are so um invested. They always have fans like, I don't know, the Glaciers. They know the inside because they live and breathe there for their for their actual clubs. You know, um, yeah. they know the in, in and out. And, and, and like Arsenal, they have all these standing protests for many years because of the board. And, and they let, you know, they're the voice of the club. So I, and for me, really, I, I take the fighters and some of the ex-fighters as that. So therefore, it's not, and it's, I don't know, Mike, uh, uh, Professor, in the last 18 months, it's been very, very vocal. And we've got this young man, which you are no doubt we're going to come on to, Mr. Jack Paul. He's also echoed it, and people are jumping on that. No one's saying he's wrong. So that sort of leers me to believe the UFC are wrongins. I'd probably, well, I'd probably say we'll touch on Jake Paul for another day, but one thing to bear in mind, when it comes to YouTubers and marketers, right, I'm going to take this as a one prime example, and that's quite a, quite a bit of a pun there, mention the word prime. KSI, Logan Paul had their boxing match, not just once, they had it twice, okay? They had this beef, they then obviously, but only this released the drinks company, and they released it on the basis that people thought they were going to have a third fight. And it comes back to, I think, the point of which I think I can't remember which one of you mentioned about speaking behind the scenes as to what the public sees and what actually goes on. There we go. It wouldn't surprise me that, like I said, any publicity is good, good or bad, right? Jake released a soundtrack with the fact of the UFC, Dana White mentioning all the big names in it. I think in the whole song, he mentions all the big names, right? I don't think any names are not missed off there. And it just puts into perspective, it all goes part of the marketing wheel and it just builds up everything. Do you not think that Dana White is taking a piece of that action with the song? 100%. I'd be there putting legal files going, where's my my pay? (laughs) No, but exactly. But Dana White, if if that was a real beef, he'd be getting his listeners going, okay, so you're publicly slandering me, publicly saying that I do cocaine and blah, 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 destroying my image, suing him. There's no way he wouldn't get sued unless he was in on it. Oh, I just thought of a power move by Dana. Imagine that. You pay my law my, my law fee, my my suing fees or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. My um uh me taking him to Dana taking Jake Porter to court and I'll put all that money to the fighter pay. <laughs> that would yeah. be a power move. But, that would but be a power move. Um just to just to what Farmer said last. Oscar De La Hoya also jumped on this bandwagon, if you remember, saying like, Oh, mm. you pay your fighters shit and this and that. You go and look at what he paid his fighters for the MMA shows that he's put on, mm. and 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 tell me that that is not throwing stones in glass houses yeah. and trying to jump on the bandwagon. I think it's the same thing when Khabib was mentioning about how he's learning so much more about the fight industry with Eagle FC at the moment, and mm. I think if it was as clear cut as I think we all like to, th- well, what we're told it is by the media it would be much more simpler. And I don't get me wrong. I think we all agree. Everyone should obviously have healthcare based on the industry that are in. Yeah. It's books for a living, right? It's the fact yeah. that that I think we're all unanimous on, but I think it's such a tricky subject to un- unfold based on how healthcare systems are around the world, that it's not clear cut of going to the right wall provider. Um, and it's human do- nature. Everyone wants more money. Yeah. yeah Everyone very wants true. Money. And I feel like I'm in a pantomime. I'm that young boy at the front of the, uh, um, on, on the stage booing the bloke behind you saying that ooh boo the villain he's behind you and I put yeah. my hand up for that I, I, I'm, I'm one of the 
and one of the um, cogs that keeps this going. But I, I, I'm just not feeling Dana in the last 18 months. And yeah, I'm, and I put your great valid points, by the way, Professor and Mike really put across really well. And I've learned a lot today about, the, 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 you know, the, the underbelly, how businesses work. But I still, that 15%, I, I cannot get out of my mind uh, how that he can so try, still... Try and, try and find out how much percentage goes on the other overheads. Because I'd be interested to know that. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, but the it thing is... If the thing is, it, it, imagine no different to the football, NFL, all the others, because they have big employers, if not bigger, than the UFC. Mm. So... But it, the I, trouble I suspect... with the UFC is they don't have their own stadium, so they obviously go to every different venue and, and they have to rig up every week from start. Yeah. Yeah. So their 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 logistics costs would be the biggest thing I would have thought because they have to transport everything and every week. Whereas like NFLs or, or Premier League, oh, their perfect. stadium yeah. just needs maintaining and then they come every week. Yeah, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure the UFC will have great deals at these venues because these venues want them. So there must be wonderful deals yeah. there. I'm sure, like so the oh, UFC yeah. would work with yeah. work with your couple for it. Yeah. But gents, I'm gonna probably oh. leave it on another on another quick note with this, which is quite interesting, which has just left my mind. How frustrating! Oh god, that's it. For the person who hates a white farmer, can you not give him kudos for being the front runner pioneer? to put on live sport over the lockdown situation in COVID. He was the only one putting his head above the parapet to try and get that up and going for everyone else. No other sport could do it. And that I give him kudos to, if not. Um, I'm blinded by by one and a half eye. I would like to say yes, but at the moment I will take my wounds away from this program. <laughs> do a little bit more. I'm being honest, gents, a little bit more because I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get clouded by wonderful words. His his behavior is still not is solid. It's solid at best. Yeah, far, farmer, farmer. Well, he only put it on because he wanted to make more money. That's all it was. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. And that's why I'm not, not going to be solid. Look at him flipping like a coin over there, Mrs. Master White. Yeah. Oh, anyway, gents, it's been great speaking yeah, with you guys good. again as always. Obviously, well, we're having a big pod next week. Obviously, for two seventy one, where we got some rematches from hell. Ooh, We've got some it. lovely juicy fights coming up, but I'll save that for the viewers. Obviously next week obviously to get all involved with that but again we're going to say thank you very much for our special guest farmer for bringing the spice as we say thank you so much <laughs> thank you very very much i've really enjoyed it today um yeah oh, i've learned a lot and i've learned the great minds of you two and it's great that you've got a wonderful pod and hope you guys be successful i'm sure you will and I'll be definitely keen listening in the future and thank you yet again and hope you viewers out there kind of like my input maybe not but if you don't i don't care thank you cheers Riggs. <laughs> and finally muscle mike before we head off for our little private um how was your thoughts on that any final comments uh yeah it was good good to chat about that type of stuff i don't get to do it very often um final thoughts one bit one little shout out to tie two of our certain Derek lewis also fighting this weekend Ooh. which we didn't uh, hope Ty gets another shoey going. Um, but yeah, other than that, gents, been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, obviously, for everyone for listening. Uh, and as always, if you've got any questions or concerns or I don't know topics that you want us to cover, then let us know. We're more than happy to put it in within the realm of MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, you name it. We'll obviously talk about it. But otherwise, have a great rest of your day and TTFN.